If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is all the way from Norway. We've got Catherine Footstat, who's a horse trainer in Norway. She works on a farm that's quite a um, complicated name for, for my, my Australian tongue. Uh, we're going to ask her to pronounce it in a minute. How are you today, Catherine? I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> Catherine, before we get started, the name of your farm. Uh, my farm is yes. called Myrvangen. All right, then. Now, tell us a little bit about your favourite quote. Tell us what the quote is first and then tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. My favorite quote is, uh, first you go with the horse. Yes. Then the horse goes with you and then you go together. Yes. I think it's uh, Tom Doran's quote. Yes. yes, yes. And it's a very logical quote if you have an understanding of a partnership and working together with a horse, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, to me, it wasn't logical to start with. Yes. Okay. Uh, because I thought the, the, you were supposed to uh, make the horse do what you wanted. Yes, yes. Uh, but yes. now it's uh, logical to me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, the next thing I'm going to ask you is not so much how you started, but an early memory where you learned something about horses. You know, early experience that you think was a learning experience. Have you got one for us? Yeah, I started riding when I was about nine years old. yes. And uh, at the riding school where I started riding, we had to do, I think it was 10 or maybe even more lounge lessons mm-hmm. before we were allowed to ride in an actual lesson and, and, you know, steer the horse and such. Yes. And I think at the time I uh, I was very eager to, you know, get going and mm. uh, and <laughs> maybe do some jumps or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think it to start out with lounge lessons and yes. just learn to just sit on the horse and follow the horse. Uh, even today, I, I benefit from it. Yes. It's, it's so important and it's very often uh, kind of skipped. So I think that's uh, that's my early memory of, of horse riding. And I think the horses are better off for that too. You know, if someone just has to get their balance, and we call it the ABCs, you know, their attitude, they've got to be confident enough, they've got to get their balance before they learn really to control the horse. Otherwise, they're trying to control the horse and tell it to do things, and the horse ends up confused and quite sour. Yeah, and and I think our natural instinct is Mm -hmm. to kind of grab with our hands. Yes. Uh, But there was nothing to... To hold on to you, you didn't get any reins. Yes. So yes. you really learn to to find your own natural balanced seat from yep. the start. Yep, yep. And do you, because you teach people now, you train horses, do you use that technique now? Yes, I use yeah. it yeah. both on, on myself Yes. And, uh, and on my kids and on uh, students. Yes, yes. So, so we kind of start there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now, when did you start off to do the horse training professionally? You know, when did you sort of go from there? Were you always going to do it right from when you had those first lunge lessons and they wouldn't let you get off the lunge and go and jump? Were you always going to be a horse trainer or, or what brought that on? What brought it on? I uh, I kind of uh, dropped out of uh, high school at mm-hmm. some point. Yep. And uh, I was living in Oslo. Yes. And I didn't try very much in Oslo. I was always dreaming about uh, having a farm, you know, <laughs> up in the mountains somewhere and have my own animals. Yes. Uh, but I was uh, a bit kind of stuck in the city. And um, I had a period where I was very destructive. Uh-huh. But then I went to a rehab center. Yep. And they had horses. Ah. So then I kind of got back to to um, my younger days of uh, of riding uh, on this riding school. Yeah. Because I never had my own horse. I just had these lessons once a week. And yes. I, I was also always hanging around at the stable, you know, doing stuff mm-hmm. uh, in hope to be able to ride just a little ride uh, yes. on the horses I was, I was taking care of. So that brought me actually to, to Iceland okay. uh, to train horses there. Because uh, I, I thought then, yeah, maybe I can get a job, you know, as a, as a horse tamer. And they, they always need horse trainers in Iceland. They have many horses. Mm-hmm. And then I was training horses there. And it was <laughs> a quite rough start, I should say, because um, the farmer, he pointed at the stable and he said, there's the stable. And then he pointed at the dog and there's the dog. You just go ahead. Oh, okay. And I went ahead, and I of course learned a lot in a very short period of time. Wow! <laughs> but wow. then I, I I heard of this uh, amazing riding school in Iceland that they have the mm-hmm. the Hular Agricultural University. Yep. And it's all about horses. And if you pass a riding exam, you actually get to be a student there. Okay. So I worked very very hard to uh, to be able to be a student at at Hular. Okay. And then I got my degree in, in horse taming and horse training and, and so on. And right. I started working professionally with horses. Yep, yep. Now, you had a bit of an experience in Mongolia, didn't you? Did you, did you ride in Mongolia or you went on a long ride? Was it an endurance ride? Is that yes. right? Mm. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a thousand kilometer endurance ride. It's a long uh, ride, isn't it? Yeah. How long does yeah. a thousand <laughs> kilometer take? It took me 10 days. Okay. Yeah, and that's the amount of time you have to um, to kind of finish the ride. Yep. And yep. Uh, you don't ride only one horse, you ride several horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you ride from um, station to station where uh, nomadic Mongolian families provide uh, shelter and food and also fresh horses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, where this Tom Lawrence quote, that's when I learned the, the actual meaning of it because the horses are, are semi-wild yeah and if you get on them and you have tight reins uh, and you want to kind of decide everything uh, they get pissed off and throw you off oh okay but if okay. you kind of flow you first go with the horse and, and follow the horse on the horse's id yeah. and then after a while kind of try to make an influence on the horse you are, are much uh, better off all right all right because yeah. The horses there are very, very horsey. How often, because the ride that 
you did over the 10 days and you're sort of going from family to family. But the horses that they have, how often do they swap horses? Like how often does one of those 10-day rides come through? If, uh, in uh, the derby, how often it yeah. is Yeah, uh, is that like arranged? once a year or how it's often? once a year, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there are riders from... Um, all over the world participating and mm-hmm. from many different uh, riding disciplines. Yep. And also you have some adventurers who kind of learned to ride, yes. to do the derby. Yeah. And they were actually uh, much better off than uh, many of the advanced riders who are uh, used to doing advanced stuff with their horses and control their every move. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, but there were... It was, uh, very diverse and uh, and fun uh, gang uh, mm-hmm. take part in uh, adventure like that. Yeah, and and we all kind of hit the wall during the race, and everyone who who reached the finish line, yes. not all reached the finish, and of course they have kind of climbed over this wall, yeah, from being like exhausted and and broken, and, <laughs> and you get over that wall, and then suddenly anything is possible. Okay, but and the and- most important thing to to reach the finish line is to be able to cooperate with these uh, semi-wild uh, horses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about um, the number of people that started and the number of people that finished? Uh, on a regular year, it's yeah. about, I think, 40% that, uh, that finish wow. uh, the race. Mm-hmm. And what percent? Is that normal? That was on your year as well, 40%? Yeah, something like that. It yeah. was maybe a bit uh, more who finished mm-hmm. uh, because we were... Um, Kind of a, a gang who took a bit care of each other. Yeah. Um, kind of a little bit maybe in the back. Our aim was to complete the derby. Yes. Not necessarily win it. Yes. Okay. And I think it's kind of like three ways to to do the derby. You can win it, and you can complete it, mm-hmm. and you cannot complete it. Okay. So it's not so much about what number you are in the row who reached the finish line. Mm-hmm. Everyone who reached the finish line has had an amazing adventure and climbed over this uh, famous wall, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About what day do you get to the wall, as you say? Oh, for me, it yeah. was uh, day two, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, that's that's it's pretty early. early. Yeah, place. yeah. What about the that's others? That's pretty early, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about the others? What day for them? Uh, it could be uh, different days. One of the riders, he actually fell off and, and broke his back. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in the middle of the race. Yeah. Uh, but he still completed. But luckily, he he didn't fall off again. But he, of course, had a lot of pain. Yes, yes. And I can imagine. I, can uh, imagine. I uh, twisted my ankle also mid race. Mm-hmm. But then I think I was beyond the wall. I I kind of just okay. I can't walk. <laughs> my, my foot is just uh, destroyed. But I yep. can ride. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're going to the sort of person, like you said, it's high-level riders that might have horses that they get on, that are well-trained, that they control, who else? What sort of character would they need to be to say, okay, I can ride this horse, I can allow it just to go forward, even if it's a little bit out of control, until it starts to understand that and accept me being there? What sort of person? You said adventurous. What else? Uh, the jockeys, yes, the people uh, were themselves. amazing. Yep. Yeah, the the professional jockeys. Okay. They have a big advantage in the race because they are lightweight. 
Ah, okay. And and they are uh, used to the speed. Yes. And very strong, of course. And also they, I think, as professional jockey, you are kind of used to be uh, without food to push yourself a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they had this tendency to, you know, lean a bit forwards when they ride because they're standing, you know, in yes. stirrups. Yes. And that's not a very good idea when you're riding a small horse uh, with a short neck and, and <laughs> okay. low width. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, just sort of thinking about going through the race and what you learned there, what did you take then back to your own horses and to your own training after you'd done that race? Yeah, I took the first you go with the horse mm-hmm. uh, with me. Yep. Uh, so so that was the, the key and, finding on that race, was it? That, that whole first you go with the horse. Yep. Yeah, and also um, the horses in Mongolia, they are, are semi-wild. Yes. So they are maybe a bit more honest in their mm-hmm. feedback okay. towards humans. So when I got back to my, my trained horses, I, I kind of felt that they, they may, may, were maybe not honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were so well trained that they might uh, accept things that they don't necessarily like to do, if you know what I mean. Yep. So I was a bit about kind of getting them a bit out of their shell to do okay. kind of fun things with them. Yes. So that's maybe I think why I started to play a bit uh, football with the horses to just uh-huh. do something completely different and uh, and try to to make to have them to give me uh, feedback. Yes. To yes. not always be so obedient. Yeah. Okay. 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 Now the football, as you say, how big is the football? What size? Uh, the size I use is uh, seventy-five. Uh, centimeters in uh, diameter, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. So it's a round ball. So come in different sizes. Yes. It's so a round, ra- ball, round yeah. ball. Yes. 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 And what sort of games do you play with them? What do you do with that? And how do you introduce them to it? I um, introduce uh, the ball by putting the ball in the paddock, mm-hmm. and then I put the horse in the paddock, and just allow the horse to be alone with the ball for a while. Yep. And, and see what they do. And usually they will uh, go up to the ball and sniff it, maybe kick it around a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. the, they are curious. Yes. And um, then I, um, I reward the horse for sniffing the ball or, or touching the ball. Yep. And then I roll the ball kind of away from the horse a little bit. Uh-huh. And I reward the horse for following the ball. Okay. Okay. So don't put uh, the ball on the horse to start with because then the horse can become afraid of the ball mm-hmm. and turn around and kick at it with the hind legs. Yes, okay. Uh, and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. just let the horse uh, get used to the ball a little bit in its own pace. Now, do you ever get a horse that, that just ignores the ball, that doesn't go near the ball, that just, you know, you, you're there watching, 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 waiting for to give that reward and the horse just doesn't do anything? Yeah, I think my my adult riding horse, mm-hmm. he's not very keen on on playing ball. Okay. He's a serious horse. Uh he, you know he likes to have a job and kind of do a little bit the same things mm-hmm. to have some routine. Uh but then again, he loves to herd sheep and and be out on trails and, Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. so 
but he, he hasn't responded very much uh, much to it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any any tricks to get the horse to touch the ball if they're not interested. It's just those with that natural curiosity that will go up and touch the ball. Is that the ones you're looking at? Yeah, I I think they've all kind of touched the ball and, okay. and done a bit stuff with it, but not all. As he at least not he has not kind of. He didn't think it was that much fun. <laughs> okay. What's the reward you give them? Uh, a small pellet. I have, uh, okay. I have some pellets yep, yep. in my pocket. Okay. And then taking it from that initial touch and following the ball, have you progressed anything from then or is it just that reward, touch, follow the ball? Oh, it can progress quite quickly with, yep. the, with the eager ones. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, two mares. Yes. That uh, I I play with and they are then together and they can run after the ball and um, uh, they can also pass me the ball Mm -hmm. and I can um, take the ball between their feet and such. Yes. Okay, so they'll pass the ball, but you you can push the ball, they can go after it, they'll pass the ball back to you. Yes. Yep. And I'm also trying now to... uh, to teach them to score goals. So I have this... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, wooden uh, plank. Yes. Yeah? yes. Like a marker of the, of the goal and they get a big reward if they manage to put the ball over the plank. Okay. Okay. I'm sort of seeing, you know, how this game of football is progressing and it's all very logical step-by-step training. But it would be quite fun to watch a couple of horses playing with the ball, passing it to each other, passing it back to you. Yeah, I can see yeah. it would be quite fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And uh, I also keep this training kind of, uh, That's also, it's also a place where the horse kind of is allowed to say no. Yes. If you know what I mean? If they yep. don't want to, you know, they can, they can be able to express themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually they are, they are eager and... and and on it, they enjoy playing the ball with the yeah. ball. Yeah. Now, just about a general training tip to people, you know, just to do with their riding, their communication, their partnership with their horse. What would you give as a training tip? You know, just you might see it fairly often. You might go out, you see people with their horses, and it's almost like they're not seeing what you see. Have you got something you'd like to say just generally to to our listeners? I think generally... Uh, we as riders, and yes. includes myself, yep. we have a tendency to kind of do too much. Um, we have kind of an agenda with a, yeah, to, to do too much when we are riding, like uh, we are not listening to the horse. Okay. Yep. Uh, and not uh, allowing the horse to take initiative and, and to do something on their own. Okay. Uh, horses are fully capable of. of of trotting and galloping and walking in a nice posture with hind leg engagement and mm-hmm. with their weight on their hind legs without us micromanaging and telling them to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might take a bit longer to get there. Uh, you need a horse that is uh, both forward, but also relaxed and also responsive. But first of, and mostly you need a horse who kind of enjoys its job yeah. and who is motivated. But I think if we jump on and we have this fixed idea that now I'm going to ride figure eights and I'm going to ride the this and that and train the horse and you have to kind of use power and force to get the horse to do stuff, 
then um, yeah, I think I think we do too much. Mm-hmm. And I have been there myself, and it's so amazing to experience that horses can do all this stuff uh, from from self, from their own uh, energy. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we do too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of something that the riders, you know, riders people can do. What about? and this would be more to do with the horse training, horses that are that, as you say, not honest, what can you do to them? Is it that where your ball comes in to get them to do games like that or have you got any other games that you would do with the horse to get them to that stage where, you know, they're, as you say, more honest? Yeah, I I, I do a lot of, um, I think it's called hooking on Mm -hmm. with the horse uh, where you... Train them loose in a in a round pen. Yes. And um, except my pen is not round; it's square, so it's got corners. <laughs> Extra challenges. <laughs> so yes. the horse can can uh, uh, go in the corner if there are. If usually happens if I have too strong energy. Okay. Comes in and and it's all about being the boss. Yep. Yep. Then I can have a horse that usually goes in the corner. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, let's try to to do it a bit different so the horse can have an opinion when when they are trained loose yes and um, i can also influence them with my body language and my energy mm-hmm. so i i start the training there and i also do it uh, regularly to check yes. on where is the horse mentally mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i don't think I'm, I'm not kind of training them so much physically anymore it's more about their mind and yeah. in the pen, you can get a kind of honest uh, view on what's going on in their mind. Yes. And and not the least but not last, uh, no, last but not least, what's going on with you. Yeah. So often yeah. it's uh, a feedback from the horse on uh, where I am. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, the Viking horsemanship, why that name? Is there like a heritage there? Is there a special reason that you chose that name? Because your website is Ride Like a Viking. Why that name? Yes, uh, I was... um... Uh, reading uh, a lot of the sagas and, and, and studying the art you have from the Viking era yes, uh, yes. with riders and horses and such. And they, of course, it wasn't so many horses at the time. Mm-hmm. So horses were very precious. Yes. And uh, horsemanship was seen as an art form. Okay. And they used their horses in battles and uh, in daily life. They were very connected to their horses. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. when they brought the horses from Norway to Iceland, it was a journey in a, in an open boat for several days. Yes. You know, and be able to do this with a horse, you have to have a, a strong bond. Mm-hmm. And and from what I've seen, the, the blanket uh, of Boyo, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're riding the horses kind of collected, but with loose reins. Yes, okay. And in parades and, and environments where, where horses normally maybe would be scared. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, yeah, the Vikings kind of got it. It's not about the reins. It's not about getting a nice neck and a, and a good posture by pulling on the reins. It's about 
getting that connection with the yes. horse and to, of course, train them mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Good. So just going forward, have you got anything that you're looking forward to in the next 12 months, two years, something like that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I am going to India in oh, February. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yes, with my oldest son mm-hmm. uh, to ride the Marwari horses. Yes. In India. So we are going to Yodhpur and we are riding to Jaipur. Oh, well, yeah, you'll have to tell us about that. Um, yeah, have to get you back on or you can tell us about that when you've been there too. Yeah, yeah. Now, Catherine, you've got an ebook that can tell people a little bit more about playing with the ball, you know, playing football, teaching the horse to be able to do those sorts of things, to connect with the horse. So if they go to ridelikeaviking.com, is that the best way to get that ebook and get it from there and contact you from there? Okay. And all your contact details are there as well, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there okay. you can die and download the free ebook. Yes, yes. And uh, you, they can also get that link from horsechats.com slash Catherine Footstat. But uh, Catherine's spelled C-A-T-H-R-I-N-E. So if you just go to horsechats.com and search for Catherine, so C-A-T-H-R-I-N-E, you'll be able to get the link to that Ride Like a Viking site and also to get that ebook about the horses and playing with the ball and a bit more information there. So very good, Catherine. I think um, well done on putting that ebook together. And I think if people can, you know, if they're interested to do those sorts of things with their horse to connect and, and learn about teaching the horse to play with the ball, that would be really good. All right. We'll talk to you again sometime soon, Catherine, probably when you come back from India, which would be great. Yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks for your time today. Thanks for coming on and thanks for telling us about your farm in Norway and and the riding you did and the work in Iceland and the, you know, the Mongolia Derby. I think very interesting and all horse stuff and, um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I look forward to talk to you next time. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.